podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Scout Scoutcast. Uh, as always, you are joined by me, Andy. We are not joined by Joe tonight because he's got other commitments. Sorry, Joe. Obviously, we're going to miss you a lot today. But we are joined by uh, some other people with us. So, I am Andy. I am Seb. I am Lynn. And Lynn, thank you very much for joining us today. It's, uh, is this your first time on Scoutcast? Yeah, it is. I'm really excited about it. Ah, good. I know it's lovely to have you with us. And Seb, obviously, you know, you were on without me last week. How's it all going? Kind of FPL's gone up and down a little bit since then, hasn't it? It has for everyone. Yeah. Really. Um, it feels a bit like, it feels a bit like rolling with punches. I don't think anyone, anyone's plans are necessarily coming off or not. So, um, yeah, it went better for me last week, but poor the week before. So it's all about even, I think. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, no, not too bad. Uh, we've got green arrows. Two of us have got green arrows. Lynn, what's going on? A uh, bit of bad luck and a bad skills and a bit of more bad luck, I guess. Yeah, a, uh, we've got some good some, bad luck stories today. <laughs> yeah, I've had done some bad transfers. Oh, well, we won't get into it too much because we want some Christmas spirit. We've got uh, Christmas jumpers on, me and uh, <laughs> me and Seb. And you've kind of got a DIY one there, Lynn, haven't you? Yes, I went for Christmas lights. I, I like it. I don't have a, a sweater. <laughs> right well let's have a look and uh start having a look at our teams from this week uh so for people that are in the chat by the way uh nuclear atoms in the chat mark o'leary steve glitch conrad uh seb w which i, I recognize that name uh simon garner and sandeep as well sandeep was very excited to see joe tonight i do apologize <laughs> um so uh yeah my team from this week i had ramsdale and goal rudiger james alexander arnold and cancello obviously cancello did bits but did bits for some other people a little bit more than he did for me. Uh, Bernardo, Salah captain, who obviously blanked, but maybe could have had a few. Uh, Saka, Jota, Smithrow and Watkins. So I had a, about a 40k green arrow, so I'm very, very happy with that. Um, Seb, moving swiftly on to you, talk us through your game week, my friend, because you had a bit of a captaincy success. Yeah, um, so I had Edison in goal, uh, who I'm pretty happy with. Uh, Alexander Arnold, James, and Davies at the back who got zero, and then Cancelo, who I did captain. And I think, to be fair, kind of got a bit fortunate because Salah did literally nothing. Cancelo scored a long shot, got an assist where a goalkeeper and centre back completely left it. He had a few other, you know, threatening moments, but I don't think I would have said ahead of time that Salah will blank and Cancelo will get two returns, a clean sheet, a maximum bonus. I didn't predict that. So there's a healthy slice of luck in there. I think I got away with it. It feels very similar to the when people captain Havertz over Salah. Like oh. there was a similar opportunity, if not a better opportunity, because he's an attacking player. And I got away with it and other people didn't. So I'm not going to claim too much skill there, but I'm happy with it. And then there, the midfield, Salah, Jota, Foden did nothing, Bowen did nothing. Lacazette, vice captain, who I brought him for a minus four and he got five. So skimmed that. And then Watkins and a bunch of non-playing players like many people did, I assume. Yeah, I think most people would have realised that I, I trimmed off the bench because nobody had a bench oh, nice. this week anyway. So yeah. um, but I mean, Cancelo captain, that, that is the way to play the game at the moment, isn't it? Is taking those opportunities to not captain Salah when his EO is ridiculously high. Uh, and, and then you 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 reap the rewards when he blanks and your captain captain fires. So fair play. Yeah, I guess, like I said, like there was an opportunity there. But for it to come in that well is not something I would have predicted. Um, obviously, the, the match took place, what was it, about like, was it 2pm, something like that? Hmm. I basically remember thinking, I've captained a defender. All I'm going to do is watch the whole match going, please don't concede, please don't concede, please don't concede. So I didn't even check lineups. I just went out for a walk and uh, did nothing. Looked at no football until about, was it about 10 past four, quarter past four or something? Just checked the score, saw 4-0 and I was like, oh, sweet, a clean sheet. And then saw like, you know, goal assist. I was like, oh, oh goodness, oh goodness. I think that's the way to do it. When you captain a defender, don't watch the game. Go out for an hour and a half and come back and see what happens. Um, Lynn, speak about captains. Talk us through your week this week. Oh, can you hear me, Lynn? Uh, sorry, no, you disappeared there for a bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah, talk us through your week. Uh, yeah, so I actually had plans, so I knew I was gonna, I was gonna have to make transfers early that day. Uh, so I did, and half an hour later. Burnley is postponed. Can you guess who I got in? I got in Danny Ings for Antonio. Um, And yeah, a bit of bad luck and real life came in my way and there's not really much to do about it. Just 
play with the players I've got and hope they score, basically. Uh, put the captaincy on Foden, and that did not go well. Uh, my VC was on Salah, and there were some rumors he wouldn't start, so I was shitting myself, basically, for a while there. <laughs> uh, but luckily, he did start. Unfortunately, he blanked, and that's the story of my game week. Oh, God. I, that, it, honestly, we're going to do rough with the smooth in a bit, and it, you can see that there's so many bad luck stories at the moment. And I think this... this um, postponements happening you know two hours before you know the games kick off is just ridiculous at the moment and I don't what do you think Lynn do, do you feel like it's like learn a lesson from it or do you feel like actually we're, we're not going to know when we could you know when the deadlines are going to be now because games can be postponed so quickly now can't they yeah definitely I think we should try to wait as long as we can with the transfers uh, but then again real life can come in the way you might not be able you have to do, do them early it could be a price right to really really want to need that player uh, and you go early uh, then you just have to suck it up and yeah it's it's not always going to go well is it no exactly and to be fair you've now got a, a front line that's going to have some doubles coming up soon so there's a little bit of silver lining yeah. um yeah <laughs> now so we've uh, we've spoken to you about how our weeks have gone seb can you talk to us about what we are going to be discussing tonight absolutely so we have a little bit of rough and smooth as usual which uh, andy will take us through and i suspect there'll be some good ones given the week we've had <laughs> uh we'll look at course of the christmas period which will include some of the double 21 double 22 blanks that i'm really choosing not to suspend although of course important to remember that doesn't mean you know, they won't get COVID cases and matches postponed. So we'll have a look at all of that. But we are recording on Tuesday, isn't it? Tuesday the 21st. Yeah. So, of course, things are going to change. We'll have more information later, but we'll try and cover a bit of it. We're then going to have a look at some defenders, defenders that may come in useful, given what we've just talked about. Uh, over and unders is back, just looking at how players are doing on that list, a select list of players. We'll grab some differentials, which I realise now reading this, I need to pick a differential. <laughs> and we'll look at our team reveals as well. Lovely. So uh, first things first, then we're going to do some rough of the smooth because it's going to make people feel either a little bit better or a little bit worse. Uh, and I've done it a little bit differently this week. I've actually put them on the screen so you can see them as well. So you're either being named or shamed here. So uh, Magic Zico had smooth none. Uh, his rough was uh, he brought in target before the original deadline and did not realise the game was postponed and he had a Foden no show. So not so nice there. It's kind of uh, did what Lynn did there and got the, uh, the Aston Villa player in. And then obviously it was cooled off. So very, very rough there. Uh, Forza, his rough was forgetting about the extended deadline because I've had such a mediocre season that I've become disinterested. Then rushing Watkins in for a hit in the last minute uh, and then seeing that the Villa game was postponed. The transfer didn't even go through until 1.31. So I'd actually missed the 1.30 deadline anyway. Uh, my biggest error in seven seasons of FPL. Oh, but his smooth was he was very close to finally hitting the wildcard button on Friday night. So I played uh, it on Saturday afternoon to get 11 players out and erase the silly hit. He had Cancelo captain and 94 points, game week rank of 2,800. Fair play. Um, Ian and Zen, I know I'm not alone, but FPL is so unfair. <laughs> Rough, worked incredibly hard to get into the top 10K, only for last minute postponements, giving me three big red arrows to 64K. Uh, his smooth, though, he's laughing because he doesn't want to be crying. Oh, that's not a nice smooth. 10k to 64k is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Enrico Palazzo, rough, transferred in Bernardo for his blank. Smooth, accidentally, genuine mistake, made Watkins captain when I was meant to move it to Salah. Vice captain was Cancelo. Oh, 69 points. Oi, oi. Uh, and Tiger, his rough was he did Watkins and Ramsey in for a minus four on Friday because he had the exact price to get them both in. So he only fielded nine players, but it's smooth was he still got 70 points minus the four, got returns from seven of nine players. Only Salah captain and Ramsdale let him down. So kind of a mixed bag there really, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> um, Lynn, obviously you've already spoken about it. Loads of people there taking hits because of exact value and things like that. Would you think now's the time, even if it's two days before, don't take hits or don't bring players in for exact value? Or do you think that there's still some merit in doing that? I think we've got enough players, uh, budget-friendly players, that we don't have to take hits to get players in because we've got we've got options. We've got good options. Yeah, no, I do agree, and I think I suppose someone like Ramsey was probably looking at the fixtures and thinking it was quite nice. But like you said, we've got quite a few players we can get at that range actually. Um, right, so Seb, you've already spoken today about uh, 
the fact that we're going to be looking at the kind of this chaos really that's coming up and the fact we're expecting some double game weeks we don't really know when they're coming we think double game week is going to be in 22 for definite but we don't know when the other double game weeks are going to be we know there's going to be some blank game weeks coming up soon as well now we're going to try our hardest and just to we're not we're not going to be able to tell you loads because nobody knows the information for definite yet and we don't want to tell you false information but what we do want to do is just kind of tell you how we're going to navigate through the next couple of game weeks at the moment and and just kind of think about whether we can give you some advice really so we've got here something that Seb sent me which is showing just how many games some some teams have played so Burnley and Spurs have only played 15 games, whereas you've got Newcastle, Leeds, Wolves, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool and City have all played 18. You've also got Watford, Brighton, Brentford, Leicester and Manchester United all having played 16. And then you've got Norwich, Southampton, Everton, Palace, Villa and West Ham all having played 17. So there's going to be a complete backlog of, of double game weeks coming up soon. We know that. And Burnley and Spurs there, you look at them and think, wow, you know, three games in hand. You've got to be getting those in soon. Um, and if we have a look here, we've also got Lego Mane, great person in the community, by the way, does some amazing stuff with, with um, fixtures. You can see here just all the backlog of games there and, and how they're starting to build up. Now, when we're looking at it, if I have a look at the next screen, uh, the next screen is not, not linked with it. Uh, if it. When we're looking at it, Seb, I feel we've got a few ways we can go forward. I'll talk about the different options I've got in a minute. But when you're looking at it at the moment, how do you think you're going to approach the next couple of game weeks with, at the moment, a lack of information? So what are you going to be doing moving forward to try and advise people at home? I guess there's a couple of things to address there then. So first one, well, first one be general approach and then more specific to my team. So obviously we've spoken there with the rough and smooth and with Lynn's transfers as well about how, you know, we maybe want to wait to the last minute if we can, but prices might mean we can't do that. And also, it's Christmas for a lot of people, or at least the holiday season. It's FPL, it's a game, it's important to us, but realistically, you probably don't want to be ignoring the family or stressing over last minute transfers, last minute postponements, when you could be having, an, hopefully, a nice time away from football. So I think, yeah, while waiting, if you can, having a plan in place and putting it into action, and look, if postponements come, they come. You're not gonna know. We spoke a little while ago about, um, I think it was last week, about having, should you, you know, make sure you have to have a player from every team so you don't double up on teams anymore. But then that doesn't even matter that much because the team that they're playing against could be called off and you miss two players anyway. You know, you could go the other way and have triple from everyone and maximise, you know, your gains as opposed to minimising your losses. So I think when it comes to that, you just have to make the best decision with the information you've got. You Using a spreadsheet like this is really, really helpful. But looking at those fixtures, looking at the, the screen you have before where it's Tottenham, Burnley, Watford, I think, we've got a lot of matches. Mm -hmm. So gather those players if you can. But if you look at this as well, some of the fixtures aren't even that great. Spurs look good, but I think the possible matches in 22, it's kind of as if Watford, Palace, Tottenham, maybe that may be the attractive ones. Whereas yeah. a lot of other matches, you maybe wouldn't mind that much if you didn't have a player from uh, from that team. And then finally, uh, as we were talking earlier, I think between 21 and 22, there's about 13, 14 days between the game weeks. So while it might be attractive to wildcard in 21 and try and set yourself up for that period, so much could change. Like we said, just because the Premier League is going ahead doesn't mean that COVID is going to stop. Some matches are probably going to be called off still. And that's a long, long time for, you know, a, a wildcard you played two weeks ago to still be effective. So while it's definitely an option for people, I myself might go with the free hit and therefore may set my team up for, say, game week 22 onwards, free hit 21, and try and navigate it like that. And what I'm doing at the moment is just trying to target a few teams. So I brought in Davies last week, who got zero, so, you know, no good for me. But it's because he played and because he's cheap and because going forward, we knew Spurs had these fixtures building up. I was very happy to get that pair in. My next move will probably be Son, I guess, maybe for mm -hmm. Salah, although I won't do anything this week. I think I will save my transfer this week if I can and go with, say, a couple of transfers, even three transfers next week, and get, say, a Son, Ronaldo, cheap defender, something like that. And it's worth saying as well that Salah will be with us for game week 21 if AFCON goes ahead, but then from game week 22 is when he goes, isn't it? Yeah. So I think in 21 he plays Brentford. I think that's right. Oh, or is it Chelsea? Oh, I can't uh, Chelsea, it so it's, it's Leeds at home, so you want to keep him for that, then Leicester that's away, right. then Chelsea yeah. away. I wouldn't hate losing him for Leicester, despite their defence being poor, if it meant I got Son, because looking at that, his fixture is Southampton away. But if that, you know, that's the move that will make sense for most people, I think. If Salah does leave for AFCON, Salah to Son is, is a pretty easy move. 
So while you might miss one good fixture, I think that's a reasonable gamble to take and keep Salah for Leeds, of course. Yeah. Lynn, what are you thinking moving forward? Like I said, it, it's the lack of information that people are hating at the moment because it feels like plans are going to be made very last minute. And we've had it before. I think it was last year or the year before. It was after a deadline we found out about a double game at once as well. So what, what, kind, of, what kind of things are you doing to kind of prepare yourself moving forward? Uh, first of all, like I think free hitting one of the game weeks is definitely on. Uh, and then uh, I'm just trying to not plan ahead too much. I try to keep my op options open because I kind of sometimes when I look at one player, like I don't really want this player and I get kind of get stuck in that thinking, like mm. I would need this specific player. But do I really need that specific player? Probably not because there are probably other options as well. Uh, so I'm just trying to keep my mind open and be open to more than one player going forward. And that's what I try to do, like my mindset, because I know what I'm like. <laughs> doing that hopefully i will not take any stupid hits and i will not take any hits due to price rises that is my goal during this this period and then just take a week, week at a time try to save the transfer whenever i can have two free transfers would be great for this upcoming double game weeks and just uh, target the teams with good fixtures yeah no i like it i think um i think you hit the nail on the head there about being fluid as well you know like having a plan but being able to be flexible with it as well because everybody's going to be planning as much as possible at the moment but it can change so quickly so as long as like you said you've got a few players that you can think about bringing in i think that's the way to look at it rather than just focusing on one team or focusing on very specific players having a pool of players you can pick from is probably the best way to go about it um now, I've got a few things written down here, and I wanted you guys to, to critique them, if that's okay. So these are different ways that you could play in these next couple of weeks, basically. To be honest, it could be the, how we have to play for the rest of the season. You don't know how long this is going to last for, but it's just a few little ways. So I've got four, so it's two each. Uh, so, Seb, uh, I'm going to start with you. What if you were a manager that just wanted to play week by week at the moment? You know, have a look at the week. Right, this is what I've got to do. Don't worry about future because... Everything can change in an instant at the moment. You know, postponements can happen all of a sudden. It's not working. If you're somebody that says, right, yeah, I want to go week by week, what are the pros and cons to playing in that way at the moment? Uh, I guess pro is probably is less stressful and, dare I say, a little bit more fun in terms of if you can just take who you fancy. You might end up being a bit more reactive because you're probably focusing on a shorter sample of data as well, whether that's watching matches, looking at numbers. Um, but you are maybe more flexible, able to respond to what's happening. I guess the obvious con is you could end up putting your team into a pretty bad situation in the medium to long term. Mm. So whether that's just because, I mean, like Lacazette, I've got Lacazette, and because he didn't return me any points, not that him returning points would change the decision I have now, but all he did was only one point after the hit. Well, I don't want him after this week. So the reason I got him is because I know I probably want, say, a big striker like Ronaldo, but I have got a transfer waiting to happen there now. And it's a player who, say, doesn't have a double. He's not Watkins or maybe, uh, say, one of the Watford strikers. Although Dennis might be going to uh, AFCON as well. So we're mm, keeping an eye yeah. on that. King, King will finally outscore him because Dennis won't be on the field. <laughs> By two points every week. Uh, absolutely, I'll take yeah. it. So <laughs> I, think, I think realistically, it could, it could come off, but you're probably steering more into hoping that it comes off rather than planning for it to come off. Mm. Of course, if the flip reverse happens and, you know, you plan meticulously and then it all falls apart... That's certainly going to hurt a lot more. So um, yeah. yeah, I think maybe you know with Christmas, maybe it's a little little, little less stressful to uh, go week by week. So I don't hate it. Personally, yeah. I'll try and plan, and I'll come I, and tell you how it goes wrong. I don't hate it. I'm looking at your face when I suggested it. You're like, mm, I'm not sure about oh, that. Really? <laughs> yeah. oh, no, I don't really like that. <laughs> Somebody, El Fozzy put Seb looks horrified at the very idea of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lynn, I've got another one then for you. Um, what about not worrying about game week 19? We've already discussed it anyway. You get your new wildcard game week 20, play your wildcard, play those two double game weeks. Don't worry about your team after that. Just get it done. How do you feel about that? That sounds horrible. <laughs> Why does it sound Absolutely horrible? horrible? Why would you waste your... You're probably pretty good, well set up for the, the coming weeks, I would guess. I think most people are. Uh, so yeah, I would not uh, waste a wildcard on these double game weeks because I think we can navigate them because we've got the players we need for... For most of them, like if we want to target the ones with good fixtures, and we've got probably got a couple of United players, we've got maybe not so many Spurs, but we can still time to get some. Uh, and yeah, we can we can do this. We don't need to waste a wild card. Are you crazy? 
Yeah, I th- I've seen people discussing it. I've seen people discussing it because they want to wildcard and then use a bench boost in one of those weeks. And that's their justification for it. But for me, and I think you've kind of touched on it already, I, I would worry what my team would look like at the end of those double game weeks. I feel like that's not really the team I want to go forward with. Would you agree? Oh, most definitely. And also there should be more double game weeks to bench boost and maybe better times to use a wildcard than this yeah. one. Yeah, definitely. And blank game weeks as well. And it's always nice mm. to well card out of a blank game week. Seb, what do you want to say about it, mate? I guess in theory, this could end up being the biggest double game week of the season, or at least, you know, those two back to back. But I don't know if all the fixtures are that attractive. And the only thing about the bench boost is what happens when some of your players don't play because matches are called off. I'm not yeah. saying that will happen, but that feels much more of a risk now than, say, you know, when else do we get the March, April or something like that? I, I, I've said it. I... I... I don't see a time at the moment, in uh, even up to the end of January, where I can guarantee I'm going to get 15 players out. I, ju- I just can't see it personally, like especially in a double game week. I, I, I think it's uh, I think it's risky, basically, is what I'm thinking. I think blank. Uh, I think bench boost is probably going to be one of those ones you need to hold for a little bit longer until things are a bit more secure. Uh, and even if it's a single game week, I feel like maybe the risk is less less there. Um, so, all right then, Seb, your next one, and this is probably one of the ways you're going to go if you don't use free hit, is can you just use use your moves you've got, your free transfers, to manoeuvre your way through these potential one double game week or two double game weeks and then save your free hit for a blank game week later on or a double game week later on? How do you feel about that? So I've not really planned my own team for that yet, so mm. I'm not sure how good it would look, say, for me, and I guess I would then end up projecting that onto what I think about what other people should do. But very team-dependent, this one. Yeah, that's entirely fair. Mm. Like Lynn said, you know, if you've got a couple of Man United, a couple of Spurs, you're probably looking good already. I've got one Man United. It's the big players as well. You know, Everyone can have, say, a double Watford midfielder or something, which could be fine, but it's the big players you want to hit, whether that's a Son, whether it's Ronaldo, whether it's you know, the other players that are playing twice. Um, and then, as we mentioned, you know, going forward, so I think maybe you end up using a few hits and we know that the normal pattern later in the season is wild card or free hit for the blank and the double that comes from you know the, the latter stages of the cup rounds. So we do have an established pattern with that, which if we have fewer postponements then or even more doubles because more postponements occur, I guess the opportunity is still there and maybe better than in previous years. So I am probably going to go with transfers myself, although with a free hit combined in there try and maybe plan for the long term with the transfers and one of the doubles and then ignore the other and just use the free hit yeah i like it uh and lynn got one more for you uh and this is the last strategy is free hitting in one of those big double game weeks uh and then making moves for uh kind of around that free hit if that makes sense uh how do you feel about that it feels like you're already kind of edging towards that that strategy anyway yeah i i think that's a decent strategy actually um Planning for one free hit and then just ignore those fixtures where you get the players in you want for that game week uh, and then target the other players. I like that yeah. strategy. I think it works, doesn't it? I think it works because, we, as Seb mentioned earlier, we're looking at teams where you might not want to have double and triple ups of them anyway. And that's kind of what free hit is perfect for, isn't it? Is the fact that you can bring players in that you wouldn't normally have. You know, I'm trying to think of who some of the teams are now, but it's it's not your your cities, Liverpool's and Chelsea's, is it? And and you want to be getting those players in that you wouldn't normally have. So I think it kind of works quite well. But Lynn, if we have those two double game weeks in a row, does free hit become less attractive then? Like how, it, because it's going to be the same teams potentially, isn't it? That have two double game weeks in a row. So how would you do it? Would you try and get as many players in as possible for a first week and then free hit the next week? Or would you free hit and then have players the next week? How, how would you kind of navigate it? Uh, I would look at the fixtures. I probably won't have players from, and that would be the fixture or that game week. I would actually free hit. It was the yeah. use of free hit, uh, and then I would uh, probably not read too much into the double game weeks, especially not for teams I don't want players from, mm. uh, because even if they they might blank in both game weeks and you got four points and you've taken a hit, so it's no, and then you've taken out the player you actually want, so. I don't think that's a good strategy at all. Just go for the players you actually believe in and want and think they can score good and well in one single game week. And if that player has a double game week, he could be worth a hit. But then you probably, again, you already own that player or want that player. So it's worth taking a hit for him. Nice. And Seb, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, we move on from this section? 
Oh yeah, sure. Um, but Mark says, <laughs> Mark, you know, you know me well. Um, yeah. Mark says in the chat, he says it doesn't think it's a good game week for the free hit as none of the big teams have doubles. I'd almost argue that that's the opposite. I have triple City and triple Liverpool. Okay, I want to lose one of my Liverpool players eventually because of Afcon, but I don't want to lose those players for the long term. But because they aren't doubling, I want to get double. You know, what are we looking at here? Double. We've got Spurs, Leicester, I think. Uh, yeah. I think Burnley were down there with actually all right fixtures. I don't want Chris Wood long term. But if I want him for a double, then the free hit is perfect for me. Other people might be in different situations. The only thing I guess I'd call out with the free hit is it does eat a transfer in terms of, say you say you free hit in 21, mm -hmm. you end up with your game week 20 team back for 22 with only one transfer, whereas other people get two transfers. Doesn't sound like much, but it kind of takes a week of planning away from you. So just one thing to keep in mind there that you you do lose a week of a transfer. Yeah, no, I like it. And and Seb as well, like, thinking just about transfers in for players, you know, if you're using up your free transfers at the moment, are there any players in particular, and then I'll ask you this as well in a minute, that you are targeting at the moment? I know you've mentioned Son already, but are there other players that people should have in their minds to try and get in? I know we're going to talk about players again in a minute as well, but just yes. for, for people to hear right now. So when I wildcarded, which kind of was a waste, I wish I still had that. It was good for one week and then I took about a minus 12. Um, but when I wildcarded, I had a plan to get Jota back, which I now did. And also I had Ronaldo. I then lost Ronaldo, so I needed a plan to get him back, hence the Lacazette move. So I have a plan of getting rid of James down to, well, I did Williams to Davies. So I would do James probably to Williams, the cheap defender. Then I would already have Davies in the team. Uh, and then I would upgrade Lacazette, say, to Ronaldo. And I am then able to do a seller to a son. And then I've got a bit more money left over as well to put someone else in the team. Whether that's another Man United, another Spurs, I'm not sure. Maybe there's a cheeky Deli Alley shout there. But those oh, are probably God. the players that are... Yeah, I know. Not Deli Alley. Those are probably Ali. the players I'm looking at the moment. Uh, as you can <laughs> tell, I guess I'm looking at United. You know, the first thing I looked at was United and Spurs, just with people who had uh, postponed matches. But when we dig a little bit deeper, it'll probably become clearer. I suspect there's going to be a Chris Wood bandwagon. You know, Jamie Vardy is going to be on free hits, players like that. I think I read somewhere that United have the best run in terms of they've got the most space in between their games. They've got the games to catch up on. And it just works quite well for United. But obviously, Lynn, being a Liverpool fan, probably won't want to get too many of them in. Lynn, who are you thinking? <laughs> nice little uh, eyebrow raise there from Lynn. Uh, what, uh, how are you thinking of getting in at the moment as well? well? I actually got two already. And I had three until they got the postponement. So mm. I've been there and I'm probably going back there. Uh, my main issue is I don't know because I don't think I got Ronaldo because it would be too difficult for me to get to without mm. like losing Salah and I don't want to lose him yet. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know what midfield to actually get. I need to need to see them play a bit more because I went for Sancho the last time. I felt yeah. he had like it's Sancho. Come on, he's got to come good, uh, but he, ha he hasn't. And uh, Rashford has looked so much better, and Greenwood is getting on there as well. Uh, so. Yeah, maybe for now I will keep my two, two United players, defender uh, Dalot and Dea in goal. Uh, and then I'll, I will want another Spurs play, won't I? So probably will be Son. Uh, I will not touch Dele Ali at all, whatsoever. But Mora could be an option. Uh, so yeah, we'll see going forward. Uh, there are some good options there. And just, just like Seb said, uh, Leicester for a free hit, Ma get Madison and Wadi and all them we really want, but we don't really want long term. I'm kind of looking forward to that, actually. Yeah, do you know what? That's that's the thing that I love most about the double game weeks is you're bringing players in that you wouldn't normally touch. So like you said, like Deli Alley, Seb's <laughs> getting Deli Alley in his team at 35k overall rank. It's lovely. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to get back down to 60, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to say as well is that... Um, I think you can start looking at take, getting rid of your Chelsea players soon as well, because, you know, they're, they're going to miss games because of the Club World Cup. They've got Man City, they've got Liverpool. It's not looking good in terms of fixtures and runs. So I, I think you can start looking at that. I, I'll be looking at something like Rudiger to Reguilon maybe uh, this week or next week, potentially. Uh, so we'll have a little, bit, a little bit of a look at that as well. But I think that is worth keeping in mind, too. Um Right, Seb, we're on to your section, my friend, and we're going to be talking about uh, underachievers first, I believe. Uh, so I've just brought the, the list up. Um, I mean, it's the Ains at the top. It's Mane and Kane at the top there. Uh, Kane still underachieving, uh, even though he got his goal against Liverpool. Uh, then it's Aubameyang next. Mbumo, uh, the one who name I will not say, Mbumo. Uh, 
who I did just say. Uh, then we've got Grealish, Daniel James, uh, Raheem Sterling, Gundogan, Lukaku, Benteke, Jota and Bowen uh, completing the list there. So just talk us through these and a bit of your thoughts and we'll, we'll go to Lynn after. Sure. So uh, just to mention, this is a select list of players. So you'll yes, notice sorry. everyone's favourite, Traore, Trinquao aren't there. I got rid of them basically because their numbers are from so early in the season and they've just sat there at the top because what Traore missed about three open goals and then has done nothing since. So it kind of didn't feel very relevant to us. I've tried to pick players that are either interesting or relevant to what we're trying to plan ahead. So, for example, you know, obviously Mane is interesting because he's up there priced similar to Salah at the beginning of the season. And, you know, Salah's absolutely all over it this year no way Marnie was ever going to compete but he is underperforming he does go to AFCON but at some point there's a consideration there I know some people have doubled up at various points Kane of course with Spurs doubles decent fixtures I thought it looked very very good in the 3-5-2 at the weekend although worth noting I think that 3-5-2 was quite specific to that match which is very good for Son I don't know if they'll go back to the 3-4-3 or keep with the 3-5-2 I wouldn't gamble on you know Son staying up front but Kane of course will be up front uh, Aubameyang dropped for off-field things at the moment at Arsenal, but we see that you know people had him uh, over this period. We had Lacazette instead, and has underperformed on those numbers. And then we get to a whole group of midfielders, and Boomwell won't cover. We've spoken about him enough. Grealish just showing that maybe he should be in the conversation, along with Sterling, who a few people did well with uh, at the moment. Gundogan, of course, there. We know he's got good numbers and maybe could deliver a bit more. But the question with all of them is whether they'll play. And we've covered that a lot, I think, recently. I pulled Dan James out just because I kind of found that fun. Sleeds player, playing <laughs> up front, midfielder, but still can't put it in the back of the net, which I'm sure Man United fans are familiar with. Lukaku, I don't know if that jumps out to either of you, but I know their fixtures are getting tougher, but would you have a go at him just afterwards? If you look at after their blanks, so I would probably lose Reese James in game 20, which is probably the same as you, Andy. Is it about 25 when they have some really nice green fixtures? Should we be keeping an eye on Lukaku even away out of a Kane or a Ronaldo? Something like that. Ooh, go on then, Lynn. What do you think? So tell us what you think about Lukaku. And also, are there any names there that kind of uh, pop out at you as, at all? Um, I'm not the biggest fan of Lukaku. Uh, most because of Tuchel, the way you place him. He's more like a bully on top. He will get goals, obviously, it's Lukaku. But he's not that big explosive player that maybe thought he would be at the start of the season. Um, so it's a no for me. But then again, we don't have that many good options, premium options up top. Uh, so I won't say a definite no. Uh, we can leave it at a maybe. But I'm not convinced. Uh, same with Benteke. It's Benteke. Um, and I had Edouard actually for several game weeks. And because I really like the way he moved and I like him as a player, very creative and skillful, but Benteke has been pretty good. So that's another maybe. Uh, Raheem Sterling, it's still Pep Roulette, we don't know. Uh, Grealish apparently can't behave himself, so it's yeah. still a maybe. I just, one thing I'm looking for this season is players that are nailed on, that will get game time. I'm so tired of this roulette and not knowing who's going to start and when and what. Uh, so that's a very important factor for me when I pick a player. Uh, so for that reason, looking at this list, maybe Kane, he's got to, I mean, he, he looked really good against Liverpool. If he can keep that up again, then he could definitely be on my radar once again. Uh, and Jota, I've had in some game, game week one, and he's going to stay in my team for a long time to come. Um, yeah, so for me, it would be... On the list, Jota and Kane would be my two main ones, I would think. Yeah, very nice. Uh, and when you're looking at, um, at Kane, Lynn, is there any reason why you would get Kane over Son at the moment? I know Son's a lot easier for people to get to, but if you fancy it, you know, would you go Kane over Ronaldo, for instance? Uh, I could do to get a bit of differential. If he still looks good the next game, I will need to give him a game or two or maybe even three games before I'm convinced. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, I don't think we've got that many good premium options up top. So mm. I do want a premium option up top. It feels wrong to not have one. I have King, Watford and Ings at the moment. And that's a pretty strong forward line for for the season at the moment. Uh, so I would love to see either Kane or Ronaldo or even maybe Lukaku up top combined with some cheaper options. Uh, but yeah, it's just got to get right and get on the right horse at the right time, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and Bowen there, just at the bottom of the list, as said, um, West Ham, 
hopefully have got some double game weeks coming up. Potentially there could be a double game week against Leeds and Norwich. I think Bowen has got to be top of the list in terms of West Ham assets you want to own for that, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, in their last match, he didn't look all that impressive. He was quite wide. But I don't think West Ham altogether weren't that mm. great. And the other option, Antonio, was even poorer. The fun thing about Antonio, and this links to uh, Lynn's point about the forwards, you'll know I've not really had many premium forwards all year. Got Ronaldo first time a little while ago, and that went badly. Um, not that you know I had Bamford, not that he did much better. But I think that's where the value has really lacked this year in those premium forwards. Antonio is still third highest scorer out of the forwards in FPL. And that's not because he's been good. It's because just since he was amazing at the beginning, no one has come in to overtake him. It's, yeah. uh, I think, who's, is it Dennis, Vardy and Antonio, I think it might be, which just shows, you know, where are the players we're normally used to seeing now? The Kane, even you know, DCL, who's been injured, of course. If he comes back uh, just after Christmas, Everton have some nice fixtures. I'd be interested in him for that mid-price striker slot. But otherwise, I might end up going, you know, a expensive one like Ronaldo and a cheap one like King and put the funds elsewhere, which I think is a popular thing most people are doing at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. Uh, lovely. Well, we've got the uh, overachievers coming on now. And top of that list is Mo Salah. Uh, Dennis is second. Smith Rowe, uh, I mean, he's got to be overachieving. He's only played about 20 minutes a game at the moment, but he's still scoring every game. Uh, Reese James and Mason Mount are fourth and fifth. Madison, Damari Gray, Gallagher, Son, Martinelli, who we definitely need to have a bit of a discussion about. So, Lynn, while we got you on here, I might have a bit of a discussion with you about him. Uh, Brogia, Bernardo Silva and Foden at the bottom there as well. So, Lynn, talk us about talk to us about Martinelli because we know, I think there's somebody in the community that got on Martinelli, Martinelli early. I can't remember who it is. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't mention it ever. Uh, talk to us about what your thoughts are on Martinelli. Is he somebody we can invest in? You know, because actually Arsenal's game is definitely going to be going ahead uh, at the weekend, we think. Um, and is there anybody else that pops out on this list for you as well? Obviously, Martinelli. Um, the thing is, I, like, I feel like Arsenal's midfielder becoming a mini city. Uh, they've got good options. They've got good scoring options. We know they're going to score and get get us points. But who's going to start? Uh, at the moment, he seems to really like Martinelli, uh, and he's been out in the cold for quite a bit. So I'm super happy to actually see him get some game time. If he will continue, I am not sure. If I was sure, I would get him in in a heartbeat. Uh, but at the moment, I think it's going to be between Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard, and uh, Smith Rowe. Um, and I think they're going to share game time. We've got, just got to accept it a bit like City. But I feel it's easier to accept this because there is, there's, they're budget players. They're like six millions. Uh, so we can't, we can't kind of expect that. A bit like Jota, uh, that he doesn't play 90, games, 90 minutes every game. That's fine because of his price. And it's the same, th same thing with these players. Uh, but the thing is, we can't have too many of these players. We've got to combine them with safe players, players playing 90 minutes. So who to get? That's a big question. Um, if you don't already have Smith Rowe, I would probably go Martinelli myself. But mm. if you've got Smith Rowe, keep him and play him whenever you can. Yeah, it's it's nice the fact that actually he does come off the bench and he, and he is getting goals at the moment. Like that's, that's, not many players do that, which is quite good. But I mean... <sighs> When you're looking at it, Seb, obviously Lynn's already alluded there that they're becoming a bit of a mini city and there's a lot of rotation there. I was looking at Martinelli this week. I got Saka in just because I felt like Saka out of all of them is probably the most nailed on that on that left spot. But do you see Martinelli keeping his, his place? You know, a, a lot of people are going to be trying to get him in. He's 5.3 million and we're trying to get good squads at the moment. He, he does look like an option, doesn't he? And is there anybody else that pops out for you as well? Yeah, for sure. I think... As Lynn's covered beautifully there, it's a case of you wouldn't want to take that gamble on a 7.7 .7 million mount, for example, but on a 5.3 million Martinelli, you could happily bench him. I mean, I benched King this week and he's more expensive, so it's not a huge issue. Of course, you might have to deal with him coming off the bench for a few minutes, but Smith Rowe's been doing that and scoring goals, so no problem there either. I know Martinelli went down with cramp, not the last game, but the game before, and we wondered if he would start. He then started and scored two, of course. So we'll want to keep an eye on their fitness, but maybe that's almost a benefit as well as a as a as a con because Arsenal can rotate those players they could all have say 60 minutes then 40 minutes over the busy period so at least you're going to get something out of them and you know they can they can return whereas other teams you might see and I know Pep has gone less for the sort of subs halfway through a game and more for just 90 minutes or nothing at the moment 
And if you're doing it on Man City midfielders, as Lynn said, that's a lot more of your budget taken up. So I don't hate it. And I think they're providing people with good points at the moment that are good price points. The thing I'd love to call about call out about this list in general is that obviously we've called this the overperformance. It's the XGI overperformance. So people who are delivering more returns than their underlying numbers suggest they should. The two big things here, of course, is it's only between 15 and 18 games for these players. So of course, they're not going to conform to their average perfectly. And that's absolutely fine. And also it's a list of players who were either really, really, really good like Salah or players who maybe are getting a bit fortunate. And dare I say that's Damara Gray. And just from this list, we can't tell the difference. We don't know who is an avoid because they're overperforming or who was amazing and we should just grab because you know they're, they're too good and they will overperform the average. So you need to apply a bit more context there as well. Someone that I do like the look of, but is very much maybe a bench going forward to put funds in the team is uh, Armando Broja. Yeah. We know he shares a bit of time with Armstrong. I think when he's played, he's probably looked the better player. The fact that he's overperforming quite a small XGI there because he hasn't had that many minutes, per 90, his uh, XGI is right up there with some of the best in the league. If he can make that spot his own, or even if he can't because he's only 5 million, like Lynn was saying, with that price, I like him as your third striker and then focus on, say, Ronaldo and someone else. Yeah, I potentially like him as my second striker. I don't think oh, nice. he's that bad as a second straight, you know, 5.1 million and then invest in the midfield. I think that's absolutely fine. Uh, so I like the fact you mentioned him. Um, by the way, I should very, very quickly mention everybody in the chat. Thank you very much for being in the chat. Danelius L. Fozzie still in the chat. Eddie Casey, Marco Leary, uh, Dhruv Gupta. Um, make sure you like the the stream as well. We've got over almost over 300 people in the chat now, uh, but we only have 38 likes. So that's about 10% of you. Come on. Um, Lynn, very, very quickly, looking at the bottom of this list, Bernardo Silva and Foden. A lot of people have one of them. Lots of people actually have both, you know, and Gundogan was obviously on the other list, but I think he can be put in here as well. At what point, with the fact that we know they don't have double game weeks coming up, at what point do we lose patience, especially with someone like Bernardo Silva, who's starting to play a little bit deeper now that KDB is back? Do we lose patience with them? Or is it just that we have to hold the ones we've got and know that they're going to go in cycles of points. I think uh, either or will be a luxury transfer uh, to a player we really, really want. Because uh, we will have fires, fires to put out and those players will have to come first because it's the players who actually play. And if a City player plays, he's likely to actually get some points. So it won't be a priority transfer for me ever. And I own both of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, but if I've got if I got a transfer and I don't have any fires put out, I will be looking to moving one out probably for someone like Son mm. or maybe go for Villas Ramsey to fund maybe a Ronaldo in the future, something like that. But yeah, I, I would th- call it a luxury transfer. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I think you said it quite well there. I think if you were to roll this week, if you were able to, and then next week you can start looking at maybe downgrading one, upgrading a striker or downgrading a striker and upgrading one of them to someone like Son. I think that would be a very popular move moving forward. Um, but just know that they're, like you said, they're City players and they can they can return in any week, especially Foden. I think, I don't know what you think, Seb, about Bernardo Silva. Is he starting to play deeper? Is this something that's just happened in one game or is the KDB effect happening and he is he's going to change his role now? Sure. Well, we had a little look at this with Joe last week, mm. um, just focusing very much on the two immediate matches that came prior. So, of course, you know, it's a very, very limited look. But what KDB was doing to that midfield, he has that right centre mid spot. That is his. We know he can play almost like a number 10. And that means the left centre mid, where Gundogan or Bernardo Silva can both play, it was Bernardo Silva this weekend, ends up dropping a bit deeper. And for City's team, it's brilliant. It's a slightly deeper playing, making role. It's maybe more the David Silva role he used to play. And when Cancelo is on that side, he's been right back, of course, recently with Walker out, he takes up some of that space too. So where you want your player is that right centre mid spot. But with De Bruyne back, we think he's got that locked down. We were also looking, now especially against Leeds, De Bruyne was almost up front because that was where he was putting pressure on our centre-backs. That was specific to the Leeds match, but also is something we saw with Nardis Silva before the Leeds match, where off the ball, he was almost forming a front two. And like I said, I did not watch the match of the weekend. I've only caught some highlights and looked at some numbers and some heat maps. So anyone who did watch it, I'd love to hear from them as well. But it looks like that rung true, just a bit less extreme because it wasn't Leeds and they weren't trying to press us to death and win 7-0, which worked very, very well. But that right centre mid is the one I think we want. If it's De Bruyne, it's probably a bit expensive. So then it's a question of where does Bernardo play? On the right wing, he has some good performances and good numbers under his belt. 
At left centre mid, less so. False nine, of course, is attractive, but I think that's basically Grealish, Foden, or one of the Sterling Jesus options most of the time. And where he was looking really good was that right centre mid role where he was finally starting to actually have numbers in the last four or five that matched his output for the rest of the season. But um, I feel like I've said this three times now, so I'll stop. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I think he's lost that role. So I, I'm not desperate to get him out if I had him, but I wouldn't be looking to get him. I think he's quite comfortably third or fourth best option there now. Yeah, I mean, I, I own him. I don't own Foden. I own Bernardo Silva. And I think as much as possible, I'll be rolling this week. So I'll keep him next week. But then it'll be, yeah, potentially that move to Son, really. I think I think that's probably the, a good move to go. Um, lovely stuff. So next then we have our fixture ticket. Uh, and these are the next five weeks and who is top. And interestingly, top of the fixture ticket now is Everton. So they have got Burnley, then Newcastle, Brighton, Norwich and Villa, which are just gorgeous fixtures for the next five. It does look very timely that, that Calvert-Lewin could be back as well. Uh, and I think that's somebody that we should all think about having him in our team. It's a shame he's not really going to have those double game weeks. But it, with those fixtures, you know, he could outperform people in double game weeks. You know, someone like Chris Wood, like Seb's mentioned, there's no reason to believe that Calvert-Lewin can't outperform him. Uh, then we got Man United after that. Uh, Watford, then West Ham. It should, by the way, mention that these are if all the game weeks were happening as we think they should happen. Obviously, this is not counting in game uh, double game weeks and things. But right there at the bottom are Chelsea. And we've already mentioned Chelsea as well. Um, Lynn, looking at this fixture ticker, anything that kind of stands out for you here? Everton, are you thinking about getting any Everton into your team? PCL um, should be back, but usually it takes a bit of time before he gets, gets to scoring goals again after he's been out. Uh, so I wouldn't get on him straight away. I would wait a bit and see that he actually produces. Uh, but he's got Decore to cover him, and Decore playing in the team is a lot better for him. Like, they're so much more creative. I really like him as a player. Uh, other than that, I don't really see anyone I really want. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't even, even trust their defence, even with these fixtures. I wouldn't trust them. Yeah. Uh, it's tough as well, isn't it? It's that... Do you want to get someone like Decore or Calvert-Lewin in when you've got so many other players that are playing double game weeks and you're potentially doing free hit in one week as well? Uh, yeah. Seb, how do you feel about him and, and anything else that stands out for you in the fixture ticker? It, yeah, I think what Lynn said is spot on. In a regular season, I'd be all over that. But the fact that he's been injured, the fact that they aren't doubling kind of makes it a bit difficult. Maybe I'd be looking at him after the doubles in 22-23. But as we can see there, you know, you've missed some of the good fixtures already. Maybe a good one for wildcarders. You know, we spoke about not wildcarding. If you are going to wildcard, especially if you've still got that first wildcard, which I'm not at all bitter about using and wasting, <laughs> maybe you are in a position to grab him. No one else will have him. Um, and then free hit away from him for the doubles or something like that if you really badly wanted him. Can we just get some tears in the chat for, for Seb using his wildcard and still being <laughs> only 35k overall rank, please? Lovely. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, the other thing that kind of stands out for me that I know, again, like I said, it's not got the double game weeks on it, but West Ham have such a nice run still. And it, like, if you're an Antonio holder, like I am, uh, I'm looking at it and thinking, I don't think I could sell him. I, I just don't think I can. Like with double game weeks coming up as well, it, it, although he's playing in a not great way at the moment, I, I can't sell him. You know, I really can't. I, mean, I think it's going to be him I'm holding and it'll probably be Watkins going down a Brogia, something like that, uh, because... It just makes sense to hold him with those fixtures coming up. Antonio is a really interesting one. He's like a really good example of, well, I, I've had him for so long, so I might as well keep him now, which is obviously a bad way to play the game. <laughs> yeah. But also at the same time, well, he's been so bad for so long, so I should get rid of him. But he's yeah. got such good fixtures. And I don't know which one is true. And I don't think we will know until about four weeks time, at which point it's too late. So it's interesting to see which way that goes. I obviously got rid of him and, uh, and almost kind of want him back now. <laughs> He plays as well. That's the thing. Like, you know, he's going to play every single game when he's fit. Like, uh, there's loads of tears in the chat for you, by the way, Seb. You'll, you'll enjoy that's, those. <laughs> that's deeply appreciated. Oh, it's so made, it's made my night there. Thank you. Uh, thank, <laughs> thank you to Paul Cook, uh, as does, does, does something, uh, Gabiri and Nebras. Thank you very much for, for a few little tears for Seb. Um, oh, just on Antonio, I was going to say, uh, someone else pointed this out. He's obviously had a rest now. If people were saying he looked tired, it's not long, it's about a week, but maybe that's enough for him just to get back on it a bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, lovely stuff. Right. 
we have got so we're going to have a look at our bus teams now and then we've got some community questions and then we are done guys it's gonna be a nice quick do you want one to today. look at defenders andy i do and i have saved the image but i haven't put it into a slide okay would you like me to quickly throw some in or would you yes like please to... yes please yeah go just quickly go no, talk cool. about some defenders because i know you and lynn had a, a defender that you're both quite keen on Sure. So I uh, I will just read the list of defenders we had here in a table. Uh, it's basically, again, select defenders from the season, but the highest XGI involvement of the relevant players in order from highest to lowest, Alexander-Arnold, obviously, Rhys James, Jao Cancelo, Robertson for the Liverpool double-up if he fancied it when Salah's, Salah's away, uh, Terry Glampty if he plays enough, uh, Regalon from Tottenham, Chilwell, Alonso, obviously we maybe want to lose Chelsea, and Ben Davies. So the two that really interest me on that list, because the top four, we all know that, you know, you have them or you don't, and it's not a surprise, are the two Tottenham left backs slash left centre backs. Now their numbers, their XGI per 90 over the season are 0.26 and 0.22 respectively, but there's just under a million between them. So personally, I've just brought in Ben Davies and I'm not against doubling up, but I really like the idea of Ben Davies. The only thing to call out is that a lot of his underlying numbers came from a single week where he was allowed to overlap from that left centre-back position like Conte likes. So maybe don't expect the attacking returns every week, but at 4.5 for a nailed-on Tottenham defender with good fixtures and, uh, and you know, definite doubles coming, I really, really like him. I do, the, the, con the contrast between me and Lynn right now, I'm shaking my head and covering my eyes. Lynn's moving towards the screen and smiling. Lynn, <laughs> uh, tell us which camp you're in. Are you a Ben Davis fan? Because I think I'm going to be going reggae on out of the two of them. I have been Ben Davis fan ever since Conte took over. Like I've been saying, get Ben Davis, get Ben Davis. And mm, it took yeah. a while before I got him. Actually, I just got him before the postponement. So that was another bad transfer. Oh, uh, and I already had Regulon, so it was a double up. Uh, and I actually got rid of Regulon and kept Ben Davis. Because he's actually had a shot on target in every game he's played under Conte. Every game, even against Liverpool. He was so close to scoring against Liverpool. Yeah. I mean... He is the man to own. Yeah, fair okay, play. Maybe there might be other options, but at that price, at that price, there are a few better options. Yeah, and to be fair, like if they were the same price, I think you would both be a bit more tempted to go with Reggie on, I guess. But because of that one million difference, that's a big difference, isn't it? Yeah. So, for, oh, sorry, Lynn, after you. No, go on. Go on. <laughs> oh, I just. Just going to say, I think for me, the it's not just the price, it's what that means for team structure. So we mentioned Cancelo, mm. Alexander-Arnold, obviously James maybe is leaving our teams, but everyone's got that big three. So you probably don't want a five million defender alongside them unless you're staying big at the back. But when James leaves my team, I want to move those funds into like a Ronaldo. So if I'm only getting a million from him because I'm bringing in Reguilon, I can't do as much with that. So it's not just Ben Davies in isolation, but it's what he allows the rest of my team to do that I really like. Yeah, and it's not that you have to play him every week either, is it? You know, you, you can have him, but, you know, we've got so many doubles to catch up on that. Yeah, I, I can see it. You're, you're both starting to edge me towards it a little bit, but not too much. Uh, lovely. Thank you, Seb, for reminding me about doing Defenders, because that was actually quite interesting to do. So thank you. Uh, right. We're going to have a look at bus teams now, and we've got my bus team to start with. Uh, at the moment, I've got Ramsdale in goal. I've got Alexander-Arnold, Rudiger, James and Cancelo at the back. Uh, I've got Salah captain, Kate's Leeds. I think that's just, I think most people will. Uh, Jota, I'd take it off if I were you, mate. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jota, Saka and Smith-Rowe is a bit of an Arsenal double up there. Uh, Bernardo Silva and Antonio. I'm very, very happy with the way my team's set up at the moment. I'm benching Watkins. My biggest worry is that I'm really not sure whether this Chelsea-Villa game is even going to go ahead at the moment. So... Uh, if that doesn't go ahead, I'm in a little bit of trouble, but we'll see how it goes. And, and then King and Livermento on the bench. So I'm very happy with my squad. Obviously, still only got Steer on the bench there. But um, yeah, I'm quite happy. I think Salah captain, that's not going to move. Um, I quite liked this week the fact that Salah blanked and Cancelo Hall because I think it's going to start making people go away from Salah captain here and again, which I quite like because this week is not the week to do that, I believe. Um, we'll get to you in a minute, Seb, where you can tell us how... Uh, Salah's going to rip Leeds an absolute new one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy with my team. I think this would be one of the last couple of weeks I have that double up of Chelsea. They finally got us a clean sheet. It's been ages since they got us a clean sheet. But uh, yeah, and I did um, did get Ramsdale in this week as well and I kind of bit the bullet and got him in. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fairly happy with that. Antonio up front against Southampton. Oh, he's got to score at some point, hopefully. So uh, we'll see what happens. Seb, you're going to be able to talk about your team a lot more than me because... You've gone all festive. You've gone for the Christmas tree formation. 
Oh, so I have. I hadn't even noticed that. Yes, yeah. that was totally on purpose. I like it. <laughs> um, uh, more, more because of circumstance than anything else. I have Edison in goal, who we're talking about City assets. I quite like moving to Edison and Cancelo and just having Foden. I think that might be the three to own. Obviously, it's the three I've gone for, but I quite fancy it. Of course, uh, David De Gea is a very good option and cheaper as well than Edison. Uh, in defence, I have Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, James, Ben Davies and Dalot. So I have both those cheap defenders going forward. Uh, Salah, captain, of course, uh, Jota, Foden and Bowen. And then I have Lacazette up front with the vice-captain, which means my bench is a non-playing goalkeeper, King, Watkins and Gilmore. The only real decision, I guess, is do I think Watkins scores against Chelsea? Probably not. And Wolf, uh, King against Wolves. Uh, Wolves have looked really, really good defensively. So I'm yeah. very happy to have... Is it, you know, Dallow away at Newcastle, Bowen, Lacazette are probably the players that could have been benched. And then, yeah, Captain Salah, I think that's going to be a 200% effective ownership this week. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see some triple captains. Now, me personally, I would always save it for a double just because probability is on your side. But if you ever wanted the perfect combination of a single game week where you think the best player in the league is going to score against either the worst defence or the team missing the most defenders that mean it is the worst, it looks like this week, right? Yeah, it really does. I, I, Lynn, we'll get to your team. I'm assuming you, yeah, you've got the same. Tell us, tell us about your team, and tell us about how much you think Salah's going to score this week. Well, I mean, obviously, he's going to score. Uh, question is, how many goals is he going to score? <laughs> and uh, do we triple captain him, or do we not triple captain him? That's the main question. Not do we captain him, do we triple captain or not? I'm tempted, but just like Seb, I do prefer it in a double game week. Uh, no, I'm not sure. Like, I don't really, I don't really see a player I want to triple captain besides Salah. So I will be a long wait for the double game weeks at the end of the season to captain him, or I just do it now. That's Who a knows? really good point, actually. If we say you want to triple captain Salah, otherwise, what it's hoping for, like Ronaldo Kane. I guess maybe in the next couple of weeks, there's a triple captain option coming. Yeah. But if we know Salah is so so good this year. What if he doesn't get a double? Maybe you've missed the best opportunity. Hmm. So, yeah, um, I will need to have a think. Uh, but it's uh, not impossible that I will triple Captain Salah this week. I like it. I'd love to see it, Lynn. I, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm wondering if, if you triple Captain him and we both Captain him, whether you're the only person that's going to benefit from his points this week. Because I'm wondering <laughs> if he's going to do Kane and, and, uh, and go above 200% this week. Because... He's got a beautiful fixture and people have that triple captaincy to use. So it could happen. Um, could you just talk us through your other players as well, Lynn, for everybody that's listening on the pod? Yeah, of course. Uh, I've got the JN goal against Newcastle, Alexander Arnold, uh, Dalot. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to play actually because he's not back in training yet after mm. I think he's had COVID. Uh, but I've got Ben Davis coming in from the bench if he does not play. So I'm happy with that. Uh, I've got Reese James. I've got Cancelo. Uh, in midfield, Salah, Jota, Foden, Bernardo Silva, and Mount. Up top, I've gone with Watkins. I've also got Danny Ings on the bench and King. Yeah, nice. Uh, as my non-playing goalkeeper, I've got Gunn. Are you? Um... And yeah, I'm also a bit like, do I, do I play Ings or do I play Watkins? I don't want to play both of them. So yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think I think if the game goes on, I think Watkins is the way to go, isn't it? But. Are you, are you looking at making any moves this week? Are you rolling? I am actually rolling a transfer. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Seb, are you the same? Are you rolling as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, anything I did do would just be setting up for the future, and I'd probably rather have one further week or three days, whatever it is, more information. Yeah. No, I think, I, I'm hoping I'm rolling as well, but we'll see what happens. Because, <laughs> like I said, anything can change. Uh, right, I'm going to go back to our start screen. So we've got all of us nice and big. Look, there we go. Uh, because I've got some questions just to finish us off. And Seb, I think we're doing all right for time. So I think we can keep you. Can we keep you for another five minutes? Is that all right? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Oh, yes. There we go. Lynn, I won't ask you because I know you're going to stay with me to the end. Thank you. Uh, right. We've got a question. Uh, should, do you mind if I just do it, you know, one by one, ask you different questions if that's okay? Uh, so, Seb, you've got a question from Dan Parsons. He is asking, uh, who are the best defensive assets for those looking to downgrade one of their Chelsea double up? So I know we've spoken about it a bit before, but if you had to pick one or two, if you were downgrading from James or Rudiger, who would you pick? So I guess I will go cheap because the two benefits of downgrading are obviously Chelsea have got poorer fixtures, 
But I think if you're going from like a James or an Alonso, you probably want to put that money elsewhere. So you probably want two mil odd in the bank. So obviously Ben Davies, we've mentioned a few times. Uh, Dallow is the same or similar price. And I guess really the only other option is someone like Williams, who you probably want to bench, or maybe an Arsenal defender. Uh, I know a lot of people have Ramsdale, a lot of people have Ben White, or uh, Joe has Tommy Asu, doesn't he? Mm. So those those are probably the options that come to the top of my head immediately. Yeah, I like Tommy Asu, actually. Uh, Lynn, you got a question from FPL Commander saying, uh, is it worth getting Martinelli for Foden to release funds elsewhere? I think that would be too much of a risky move to actually do it. Uh, if there is a City player I actually really like, it's Foden. Uh, I think he he will, if he does get to play, he will get returns. So uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Fair play. Uh, Seb, you got one from FPL Karma saying, is Ronaldo essential or uh, or is Kane more essential than him based on... Uh, uh, one of them might be leaving on international duty soon, but what would you? Who would you prioritise, Kane or Ronaldo, at the moment? Um, I would say neither are essential. Obviously, if there's a spot in our team, maybe to take advantage of that. I this is always a bit of a cop out, but I might go Ronaldo because I can get Son. It's probably harder if you get Kane to expose yourself to Man United attacking points. Now, if you think Kane and Son are going to outscore any Man United attacking players, then that doesn't matter, does it? But we do quite like to spread ourselves around the teams, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right, mate. Speak for yourself. Uh... <laughs> it's a, it's, I mean, it's. A, I'd imagine it's someone. Someone else would be able to talk to this better than me. But like human psychology, with there was there was an experiment done where they put two bowls of Skittles out, all one color, and the other bowl obviously all the multiple uh, multiple colors. And it was the bowl with all the different colors in that actually went down so much quicker because you know we like variety. We're we've evolved. Mm. We're evolved to eat a bit of this, a bit of that, and you know keep our keep our diet fresh. And I feel like that probably bleeds into our decision-making when it comes to things like picking fantasy assets. Even if we think Kane and Ronaldo have the exact same chance of scoring, we would rather have one from Man United and one from Tottenham because variety is good and attractive to us. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Lynn, you got a question. This is quite a good one for you from Kieran saying, do you keep hold of Salah during AFCON? Which actually I think is quite good because we must, uh, pretty much all of us must have a lot of money saved up in him now because he's gone up an awful lot. I don't even know what his price is now because obviously I started with him and didn't sell him. But is it a tactic to keep him or is he, you know, that cash cow that you can spread the funds over? Um, I would love to keep him, but I can't afford it. I can't, I can't rationalise it to myself that he's worth keeping for the period he's going to actually be out. And that's mainly because he, Egypt, they're pretty good. They might go far. Mm. So I don't think he's going to be back very soon. Uh, and because of that, yeah, sell him, get him back when you can. Make sure you've got the money, you've got a plan to get him back. Uh, but but do but do sell him. Yes, it's a lot of your, <laughs> 13% of your budget used up on the bench. Like, and you know, it's never coming on. It's tough. Um uh, Seb, you've got a question from FPL Alern. He's saying, is Simicus a player to bring in? He's only 3.7 million. And obviously, Robertson is going to miss at least two. Well, not at least. He's going to miss two Premier League games. My instinct is no. I guess there's an opportunity because, like Lynn says there, you want to lose Salah. So that opens up a third Liverpool spot. Assume you have Trent. Assume you have Jota. So then you can have Simicus. But then you leave yourself with the problem of having to lose Simicus to get a £13 million player back in later which sounds difficult to do. That's probably three transfers at least. And also if Robertson does then obviously return before then, what is it, two matches you said? You're then maybe left with a non-playing Liverpool player on the bench, which is fine price-wise, but I feel like that's not a particularly efficient use of your funds or your Liverpool slots. Yeah. Uh, Lynn, you've got a question from Boona, and he is asking, he's got asked a load of questions, but I'll just ask you one of them. He is saying, is Sterling to Son a no-brainer if you are a Sterling owner? Yes. <laughs> it's a small nice. answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I think I think it's uh yeah, I know Sterling's not doing too badly at the moment, but yeah, I do agree. I think if you can get Son without a hit, then yeah. I think it's it's no brainer. Um only a couple more and then we're done. Seb, you got a question from FPL Corf. At a glance, who would be your five most essential players on a game week twenty two free hit? Oh goodness, I need to find the fixtures. So um uh, Son, off the top of my head, uh, I could, we don't even know what their fixtures are yet, do we? So not massively, say, no. 
let's say Son Vardy King because haha. Um, <laughs> Salah's probably gone, isn't he? So go Jota just because he plays a single and probably scores a hat trick anyway. And um, Paddy Bamford because why not? Oh, not go hard don't, then. Don't don't get Bamford. <laughs> <laughs> no, who, I else like had a, who, who else had a good double? It was um, I think Burnley. If you're free hitting, I think they had quite good fixtures. So maybe there is a room for Chris Wood there for price. Watford as well. Watford have quite nice ones. Yeah, Josh Josh King would be Josh more King. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, nice. No, I like it. Um, before we go, I best say, before we uh, say our goodbyes, please make sure, you know, a lot of the screenshots we got tonight are, are from the members area. And again, we had over, oh, we had about 450 people, I think, that peaked out tonight. Please make sure you're liking as well. We've only got 86 likes. Come on, keep liking. It really helps. And for every like, Lynn gets another light bulb slight light up on her on her uh, necklace. So make sure you keep going. Look, there you are. Look. <laughs> There's only 88 likes on there at the moment. Um, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Seb, I hope you enjoyed your evening. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And Lynn, amazing to do one of these with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and Lynn, I hope you enjoyed your evening as well. Yeah, it was, it was lovely. Love chatting football. Good. Uh, so everybody in the chat thank you very much for joining us tonight we really do appreciate you being in there especially all those people that cried for seb as well uh we will see you next week hopefully uh and we hope all the fixtures go ahead this weekend because it would just make everything a lot better wouldn't it uh we wish you a very very merry christmas uh and love from everybody at scout <laughs>